0: This is The Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 526, recorded on uh, March 10th, 2022. home gadget geeks we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home news reviews product updates and conversation all for the average tech guy i'm your host jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the average guy.tv studios and ryan you can Uyghurs not here so i can you can commiserate with me on this Uh, the weirdest weather couple weeks right can't determine if it's going to be warm or cold you're getting some snow you okay down there in kansas
1: yeah, we're not too far from you guys up in in uh, Nebraska, but yeah, kind of in between you and I got all the snow last night. We're supposed to, it's kind of snowing out right now, but yeah, you're absolutely right. The weather is just up and down, you right know. The air conditioner in the car one day yeah. and then heated seats and the heat cranked the next and it's just a mess. Well, the but good news is
0: is it snows And, Bob, you know this cuz you live in a northern climate. In March, if it snows, it's usually gone in a couple days. It's not yes. like it's going to be Right, hanging around, Bob. You're not even. You're down in Southern Cal. You're not even thinking about snow, right? I don't even know what
2: snow is anymore.
0: (laughs) That's got to be pretty nice. You had moved the last time we chatted with you, but yeah, how is Southern California? Are you okay? Like horror stories coming Uh, out? It's uh,
2: yeah. I mean, things things are more expensive, but yeah, no snow, no um. You know, I see the you know, just like you guys had snow like back home in Pittsburgh. They had like a whole snowstorm, and they're having another snowstorm this weekend. And I'm just like, yeah, it's, you know, sunny and seventy here, can't complain. So <laughs> it's
0: it's pretty great. You will get to some point, maybe, where you're like, oh, I miss the seasons because it's just always the same season. Yeah, it's always yeah. nice. And I listen. I grew up in San Jose. I know nice. Like, yeah. I, although I was a kid, I didn't know. I thought the whole world was that way. Like, <laughs> you know. You you grow up in the Bay Area and you're thinking like man it's just nice all the time. You a little bit warmer south uh, where you are, but but uh, well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad you're okay and things are going well in Southern California. Couple reminders for everyone uh, kind of listening. Don't forget we'll premiere this again on Saturday. So th- this coming Saturday noon Central, if you want to watch it on YouTube and a premiere, well I'll have a, a couple folks there, including you if you're listening and you want to join us noon go to TheAverageGuy.tv guy slash YouTube, and you can join us in uh, chat along uh, with the video as we premiere it. So if you want to do that, we've been getting five or six to show up on Saturdays. So if you want to show up Saturdays to get that done, you can do it um, as well. Another reminder, we dumped Podomatic. They, they were my very first podcast host provider. Still had a, a few subscribed out there. They, uh, we, mm, they, they tried to charge me even though I canceled my credit card. Uh, we took care of that and canceled their service. So make sure if, well, if you're subscribed, by the time you're hearing this, I've already canceled it. So <laughs> hopefully you've made the jump over. Big thanks to Marv v., uh Marv B., there we go, who joined us last week and, uh, and with the launch of the IT Business Podcast. And Ryan and Bob are both podcasters. They know what it takes to do this week in and week out. And so congratulations, Marv, for getting that launch and, uh, and success. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Bob and Ryan are with us from thinkcomputers.org. And they're kind of my go-to guys when I need, like, the most expensive computer equipment or (laughs) peripherals. Like, hey, I've got $1,000. That's, that's, that's too little. I got $5,000 I want to blow. How do I get it done? Bob, Ryan, welcome back to Home Gadget Geeks.
2: Thanks for having us. Good to be here.
0: Yeah, it's always, always good to have you guys. And um, you guys, let's talk a little bit about your podcast real fast. We might have some new listeners who've jumped in. Bob, uh, give us kind of the rundown When do you guys podcast? How do they find you? And what do you talk about mostly?
2: So we podcast every Wednesday at, what would it be? Eastern time, Ryan. Uh, 8. 8.30 Eastern. 8.30 PM Eastern time, uh, 5.30 Pacific. Uh, And basically we talk about kind of what's going on in the PC hardware world. So our website, we cover PC hardware in the sense of anything that kind of goes inside your computer. um, Graphics card, motherboard, CPU, all that kind of stuff. Um, we talk about, and we review products as well. So we talk about, you know, what we reviewed the past week and then kind of what's going on in the tech world, kind of gaming as well
0: in there in a little bit too. So Ryan, you want to add anything to that?
1: No, I think, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. We have the the weekly podcast. And then after that, every week we usually stream on Twitch uh, for a couple hours, Bob mm-hmm. and I'll hop on there and yeah. typically we have another guy that that plays along with us. So, you know. Some some folks will mo- make the way from the podcast to the stream, and yeah. just uh, that kind of follows I, it up.
0: I think that's the unique thing about what you guys do is you do the podcast and then you you know you go game at the end, and yeah. that's that's super cool. So
2: it gives us an excuse to uh, play games. So, yeah, it's like, time. sorry, yeah. honey, I've
1: got a podcast and then I stream <laughs> for a couple. <laughs> hours. I got to. You, yeah.
2: you
0: don't understand how yeah. hard this is for me. And I, I know I this is hard <laughs> for me to do, but I'm gonna go game and I'm doing it for you, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Kind of deal. Well, uh, uh, super great. What when when you think about just kind of overall, you know, post CES, we kinda had you guys on right after CES. I think that was didn't we? Or is this is did we miss that one and this is the makeup I- for it?
1: Yeah, I, I think, either. I think we missed. I don't think we were on okay. right afterwards. So yeah, let's, remember.
0: yeah, let's, so let's real quick before we dive into some of the reviews that we have on the site. From a CES perspective, you know, it's been a weird couple years, right? And, and CES happened, looked like it, maybe it wasn't going to happen, but it did happen. Any high points coming out of that? And now that we've gotten a couple months away from it, you know, CES is so much hype, right? And then some of those things don't ever actually happen. From some of the hype or some of the high points, Bob, anything you saw there that you think will become a reality this year that you're excited? Um, about?
2: Not so much on the PC side of things, honestly. Yeah, well. um, there wasn't everything that was kind of announced uh, at CES we kind of knew about for a while. Um, I think more. I'm. I like. I'm a big fan of of Rivian still, and mm. they should this year I think be finally shipping. So that's uh, the, that's truck, the ele- right? Yeah, the electric yeah. truck. Yeah. The so truck, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, But yeah, no, on the PC side of things, I, you know, we didn't get any major announcements as far as, you know, what we look for is like new graphics cards or new CPUs. And we really didn't see any of that stuff um, on the desktop side of things. We saw like a minor refresh on a lot of that stuff. Um, but nothing that's you know going to be groundbreaking and new. Um, so it kind of was, at least for me, was just like a little doll. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah Ryan, was a, any anything you'd add?
2: Nothing too crazy. I know there was the
1: the one product I think that got a lot of attention was a, a Samsung curved monitor that was like their 55 inch Odyssey, and it like is just enormous. 55 inches in general is huge for one screen, but then they, mm-hmm. the fact that it can rotate and go to a vertical orientation, mm-hmm. right? And the way they were showing that and how that can benefit you depending on your workload mm-hmm. and, and your work type uh, was pretty cool. But yeah, not not the CES we're used to. Hopefully next year, I'm, I'm hoping uh, if things... Can hopefully get back. Oh, to I more
0: never more. want to go back <laughs> to Vegas. I, I don't have any, uh, I just cover it from afar. It's just like, nah, well, yeah, nah I think I'm done with my Vegas days. That 55 inch monitor, I think I tweeted, you guys might have tweeted, or did you guys cover that? Was probably, that a yeah, okay, we had an article on it, yep. And right. I think you mm-hmm. did, and I picked that up, and I and, I, and it, that to me too was a big, I'm a monitor guy, I mean, I love monitors. I could, if, if I could have whatever I wanted, I would have just a full wall all the way around me of monitors, right? I just, I don't know why I'm so hooked on screen real estate. But that one, that 55 inch was amazing. And then they showed it in the portrait mode. That was even more amazing, right? I was just like, wow. And two of those side by side in portrait, that would be pretty great. Like, I I just, I'd love that. I'd love to have that set up. So, um, well, you guys have been spending a little bit of time, and let me bring this up. I'll share this on screen for folks that are just on audio. We'll, we'll try to make sure we we, um, we talk a little bit about this. But Ryan, you recently looked at a Lenovo ThinkPad. And Bob, you got a review we're going to look at here in a second. But but Ryan, the, this is the most recent one as we think about what's coming out uh, on the laptop side of things. Anything, you know, if I'm think if I'm in the space to buy a laptop now, what's crazy is like we all, we bought I shouldn't say this but we kind of bought equipment going into the pandemic right pandemic happened oh crap i'm going home there was a huge surge in pc sales and laptop sales yep. you couldn't find a laptop for a while i imagine that market's still maybe even a little tight uh, i is. don't know maybe is it okay
1: yeah definitely
0: um well and so um that's 2 years ago and we're thinking about for some folks are like well i bought in a hurry and now i kind of need you know, they may now maybe I want to buy what I want. Talk a little bit about you know this ThinkPad line from Lenovo. Of course, is their staple, uh, this, yeah. the staple line, especially in the in the in the in the enterprise. Any thoughts on uh, on the review that you did there?
1: Yeah, so this is definitely like a workhorse of a laptop for sure. The one that Bob reviewed more recently uh, or towards the beginning of the year is a lot more portable. Um, so we're kind of talking about a spectrum of availability and types of hardware that you can get your hands on in this day and age. Um, you know, this laptop has an eight core 16 thread processor in it uh, tons of memory, a terabyte of uh, gen four PCIe storage, right? So like super fast storage, a 3080 graphics card with 16 gigabytes of uh, video memory, um, a full size. Well, I say full size keyboard, but the full keyboard with numpad, Tons of Thunderbolt ports, your HDMI, you know, plenty uh, Type-C, Type-A connections. It's just a desktop workstation replacement um, for you. Um, It's definitely not your on-the-go road warrior as far as light and, you know, you're not going to want to... Travel with this thing all the time on the plane and taking it in and out of hotel rooms and from meeting to meeting. But when you need to be getting real work done that's either graphically intensive um, or just requires a lot of compute, this is like definitely a model to check out. And you can configure it in all sorts of customized options uh, on the Novo site as well.
0: You know, we we say that you know it's it's heavy, or and I mm-hmm. as I travel with laptops, I really never. Weight is never an issue for me. It's the size, okay. right? It's a, you sit, because I'm always playing coach, unfortunately, and you get in that coach seat. And I mean, anything besides a tablet is, is basically not going to work, yeah. right? In fact, I've even taken my phone and put it on a, you know, I've put my phone, um, I've got a Microsoft keyboard. In fact, it's sitting right here. I've got one of these Microsoft keyboards that it's got a lid here. I'll get see if I can grab it. So I got one of the Microsoft keyboards. It's got a cover on it. You pull that off Bluetooth keyboard. This you can use, you know, you can fold as a stand. I put that on the, um, on the tray, put my phone on it and use the yeah. phone kind of it. But so it's a little tiny keyboard and it's a little tiny phone and it's still barely enough room on that <laughs> on that tray. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh my God, this is nuts. So it's just a size uh, perspective. I, I don't know. And, and, you know, Bob will ask you this question too when i'm traveling i whether that thing is super light or heavy it's sitting in a in a backpack that i'm going to carry and when i get to my you know i when i get to my destination i'd rather have the power than yeah. not have it but but bob any any thoughts on that
2: yeah i think i mean for most people i think you can find a thin and light that's that's very powerful um the laptop that i reviewed was you know i actually went back to pittsburgh on a trip with it and that's all i brought and i you know most people these days unless you're doing i mean you're not gaming obviously um but if you know if you're unless you're doing like 3d modeling or game design or really intense video editing um you know like just like the the thinkpad x1 carbon gen 9 like i mean it's incredibly light, incredibly thin, and incredibly powerful. You know what I mean? And I think for most people, um, the big change that we saw a few years ago was moving from um, a normal hard drive or even from like a normal SATA-based SSD to PCI Express storage, um, which means your boot times are so much faster. Your application loading time is incredibly faster. Um, and that has nothing to obviously to do with the processors. But even the processors now, um, you know, I can that's a thin and light. I can edit 4k video on it. No problem. Um, you know, I, I think for most people, 90% of people, uh, you know, business tasks, uh, word processing, Excel, PowerPoint, all of those things can be done on a thin and light, you know, uh, no problem. Um, I think in, in the case of the, the one that Ryan reviewed, that's really for somebody who is replacing a desktop um, obviously yes. with the, with the discrete graphics card, you can do some gaming, but on top of that, you can use that discrete graphics card, um, you know, for, for like 3d modeling or something where you really need that type of class of graphics card. But I think the processors, they're all optimized for all of these applications as well. So um adobe applications or any type of uh serious applications all of new intel processors i know they're all optimized uh for that so i would i would definitely choose a thin and light over uh especially when i'm traveling over yeah. something big and what are the other
1: differences like on your uh, Carbon that you looked at was the memory on there that comes with it is soldered, right? So that's how, uh, one yeah. of those ways that they can get away with making it a little thinner and lighter, right? They don't have to have the the manual attachments to keep the DIMMs into the mm-hmm. motherboard. Whereas on this laptop, it's got four slots and I can pop those out and replace them and configure it, uh, you know, in the future. Oh, I found that 16 gigabytes or 32 wasn't enough and I want to go up to 128 in there, you know, things like that. Uh, so you've got some of that handoff as well to to think about. But I think lenovo's got a great product um especially in this thinkpad line i, I don't want to have to send it back
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, i've got a thinkpad from work uh one of the things that drives me crazy it's a i think it's core i5 when on it's when it's on battery it degrades the mm-hmm. video right and and i i really like let let me and I, there's no way to to overwrite it at least you I should be able out. to I you should be able to in
2: in Windows, um, you have to go into advanced settings and advanced power settings, and then okay. it's in there. there you can literally change what each like what the CPU does, what everything does. Uh, you okay. should be able to. I don't know if they have it locked down. But,
0: they they might. i I wouldn't yeah. think we would lock that those kinds of settings down. So I have to look. The crazy thing is is it's only been off battery maybe three times in the two years. Like I got it right before, literally, I drew it right before we, we you know, March 17th, 2020, which is, you know, the day everybody w- was sent home. And um, it's been plugged in here. Or even when I go into work, I, I plug it in. the The traveling, since traveling stopped, it just hasn't been on battery from time to time. And I need to figure this out, because my routine is to go into the office, sit in the atrium, and work for the first hour with coffee in the atrium. Uh, just on my laptop with no, you know, just, just, in, it's, it's a great way to start the day, right? Sunlight and uh, people are kind of moving around. But I did that this morning and I was like, Oh, that's right. The, <laughs> the the resolution is terrible. I need to go yeah. in. So oh. I'll have to, I'll have to dig that. I'll have to dig in. Um, and, and get it fixed. Uh, Bob, you looked at the ThinkPad X1 Carbon. Um, you, you were looking at, Ryan, you were looking at the ThinkPad T15G, and then Bob in the chat says, uh, Jim, I should uh, check out the X1 Nano, think 13-inch X1 Carbon. Uh, so the, the X1 Carbon, but a little bit smaller. So so Bob, have you had a chance to look at the, even the Nano version?
2: No, I haven't, not yet. Yeah. Um, but I think that, like I said, uh like Ryan said, th- th- Lenovo does a really good job with the ThinkPad line. Um, on top of, you know, thin and light and powerful and all that kind of stuff, all the ThinkPads have you know, because they're they are made for business, they're they're made for travel. Um, they have all these other things in there, um that protect your data, that protect it, uh security features, all that kind of stuff. Um but yeah, they have Drop they tests, have a bunch. And- yeah pretty rigorous testing on them. Yeah. Um, But no, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to take a look at the X one nano yet, but uh, I'll have to, I'll have to send them a request out there. So I can take a look. (laughs) If you, if you
0: like the smaller ones, I I just, um, uh, Ryan, I'm, I'm, I lean towards the more power. I'd carry the extra weight to get the bigger screen or the better resolution on the screen. Just, that's just my preference. Now I'm not even a hardcore coder or a gamer. I just like, Bigger screens. I mean, I used to carry around a 17-inch monitor for, you know, a 17-inch screen on a laptop, these big, gigantic, heavy ones. But that's just my preference. Bob, in the space, though, you guys have been reviewing laptops for a long time. I mean, have the, have the options never been better than they are now? Or, and, and then how much is the supply chain affecting what you guys are seeing from what's coming out? I know sometimes now, if you order a laptop, it may be two or three or four months before you even get it. What are you guys seeing, Bob?
2: Yeah, um, as far as options, I mean, like I said, one of the biggest upgrades you could do on any PC is is upgrading your storage from mm-hmm. a normal spinning hard drive to a SATA-based SSD, and then from a SATA-based SSD to PCI Express, you're basically you know, five times the speed of your, your hard drive. So you're getting all of those options. All the newer laptops have like Gen 4 storage, which is about... Five, you know, on the low end, about 5,000 megabytes per second or 5 gigabytes per second transfer speed. So, I mean, your laptop's going to power up in three to four seconds, uh, you know, uh, which is really good. And all of the new, um, both on Intel and AMD side, all of the new processors, um, they're, v- they're very well designed for mobile. Um, longer battery life. So, I mean, you can have, I think that X1 Carbon was like, 11 hour i mean it's you know that any domestic flight you're good you're good to go in no matter what you're doing for the most part um so you have you have all of that as well um and as far as supply chain i mean there is still supply chain issues but it's not as bad as say even six months ago um but the options are definitely limited you actually see a lot of um companies lenovo included where you would see you know say like that uh that X1 Carbon, you would see like 12 SKUs for it, you know, with different processor options. Now you see four or five um, because they can only get certain parts or, you know. Um, So it is a little bit limited, but I think uh, it's a lot better than what it was. And prices are so good too right now. Really? Um, Yeah. I mean, I think you can get a really, really good laptop for, that's gonna last you like four or five, six years. I mean, like a long time for like twelve to fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, all and that's on like a like a high end. Like I said, that that X1 Carbon is a high end laptop, and I think it started at like thirteen hundred dollars or something hmm. like that. Yep. So. Priced out, this one was
1: just under twenty nine hundred.
0: Yeah. And you, when you say that's everything, that's all the bells and whistles.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, at least they haven't. I mean, you, you could, with everything from a pricing perspective and a, su- a supply chain perspective, they could be charging a lot more, you mm-hmm. would think. And so good to hear that maybe, you know, kind of in that space, um, it, it's, it's staying stable. From a, um, from a processing, of, from a CPU perspective, of course, you know, we, for a lot of years, Core i3, Core i5, Core i7, and we're seeing some i9s out there. Are those making their way into the laptop space. Is there a mobile version of that? I haven't followed that very 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 closely, but or are we staying on the laptop side? Are we still staying in the in the core i7 space?
2: You you do see core i9s. Uh they're mainly for the most part you'll see them in two different you'll see them in a laptop like Ryan got which is made to be a desktop replacement and you'll see it in gaming laptops because um sadly a lot a lot of applications normal everyday applications uh don't take advantage of all the cores um and threads that are in the you know like an i9 um so mostly gaming laptops and uh sort of like desktop replacement cad sort of type laptops but it's only again it's you know a company uh say like asus will have like one or two laptops that will have an i9 that's about it you're not going to see a ton of them out there
1: yeah this t15g has eight SKUs across the i9 and Xeon mm. processors so uh, yeah you can run the gamut all the way up there
0: is there mm. from a from a you know from a desktop perspective and of course as we think about the whole gpu shortage and are we kind of past that now is that has that settled down can you buy a gpu can you buy a you know, a separate graphics card these days, or is that still hard to find? Ryan, do you want to take that or do you want me to
1: Yeah, I mean, it's there's still difficulty for sure. We have been cool. seeing prices dropping for, oh, probably a month, maybe a little more than that. Uh, I haven't checked recently locally. I'll keep an eye on Best Buy every now and then or Micro Center. Uh, I know Micro Center has been pretty good with uh, getting cards out to folks um, and, and the way that they distribute there. Um, one of the other vendors, EVGA, um has done a really good job getting cards to to folks at MSRP um but I, it's it's still not just easy as walking into your big box store or, or um you know checking yeah. out Newegg or Amazon or somewhere and getting shelf. getting a card right away no yeah. um, there's st- there's still issues um and you're definitely typically not paying MSRP
0: if if I'm buying if I want a gaming rig today, do I just buy a pre-built system that's got something built into it? Because apparently the, you know, the, the builders, the system builders are getting those where the public isn't. Uh, in some cases, Ryan is where, you know, you've reviewed a gaming, gaming laptop, let's call it that. Desktop replacement sure. is what I've heard you guys say. If I'm in that space today and I want something gaming, should I just go the route of buying something already built
1: it, it, right now it, it does make sense. And as much as it may pain me to say, Oh, buy one that's pre-built and not putting it together. Right. Cause we love that process of picking out every component and putting it together ourselves. But yeah, if, if it's something where you've got that money burning a hole in your pocket and you've just got to have it now. Right. Um, or uh, that, that is a good way to get one. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we have a, a guy in our chat that uh, comes and listens to the podcast a lot and, you know, he bought an a, a pre-built and was able to you know sell off some of the components and and make money off out of the deal right because he kept <laughs> the the GPU um, yeah. but didn't need the rest yeah. of the components and and right now yeah you could be at the uh, you know, under the, the grasp of the vendors and the supply chain of, right. well, I got all the components except for my CPU or my GPU. And now you're just sitting on these components and either running them in a subpar configuration with an old graphics card you may have had from a previous generation, or it's just sitting there in a pile of boxes until you can get that last component that you need. And, uh, and that's, you know, maybe by the time you can get something, the next generation is out and you know, that's, that's a, a bad feeling. So yeah, I think uh, pre-built are, are definitely a, a good option at this wait point. To do
0: it. Bob, you want to add anything to that?
2: I think the biggest thing with pre-built is that there's usually, so, you know, you're, you're buying, you're out buying a graphics card. Uh, you're going to pay well over MSRP. Whereas in a pre-built, most of the time, depending on the vendor, but I mean, going to Best Buy or something like that, uh cyber Power, um, you're not going to get something that's way over MSRP. You know what I mean? Um, that's why a lot of people are buying pre-built and then pulling the cards out and then selling them. Like you know, yeah, yeah. um, just you know. But I, I think yeah, prebuilt's kind of like the way to go right now. If you need something right now, or you're buying for somebody for like a birthday or graduation or whatever it may be that they need it at this specific time, I think the best way to go is just to get a prebuilt because it's just. One, you don't have to build it. And two, you're going to get it in time for whatever you may need it for.
0: Bob, do you think the laptop replacement gaming rigs that are coming out now are sufficient to game on for in most cases for for folks that are gamers? If I if I really wanted to get the best of both worlds and be like, yeah, I want something, I can take it along with me, are we to that point where a lot these laptops are good enough to do all the normal gaming that everybody else does? i would say
2: yeah from a power perspective um it all depends on the resolution too so you know if, if you're gaming at 4k maybe not um i think the biggest thing that comes down to is temperatures i mean even in our review uh, that ryan did mm-hmm. i mean that yep. that laptop got very hot um so that's kind of the the main thing that you really worry about when it comes to that but as far as power wise uh the rtx 30 series from Nvidia is excellent as far as you know running a lot of games these days with you know the highest end textures on and all that kind of stuff especially at 1080p 1440p uh if you're a you know 30 70 30 80 uh mobile version you should be pretty good on that front Mm -hmm. uh getting over 60 fps in most of those games
0: get you know it's kind of that or a gaming you know an Xbox or a, you know PS5 oh. right and those are, are have those gotten any easier to find uh, do you, are you guys either following either one of those team like for a while they yeah. were impossible possible? Uh, i don't it, follow so. them okay. yeah i don't no, follow I, I them i think either. they're still pretty difficult as well think, especially think,
1: the PS5 okay, uh, i think the Xbox might be a little easier to find
0: yeah yeah uh joe says he got an email from uh, EVGA the other day an impulse spot another <laughs> 3060 Ti. So uh, Joe, whatever you're doing, keep, keep doing it. Those, those may be the, the kind of the way to get it done. I did hear that is opening up. So there's, they're not as impossible to find, kind of, um, as they once were. You guys also review a lot of motherboards. And of course, I think we've seen some pretty good jumps in, in the manufacturing and the, I mean, I look at the motherboards now and they're like race cars. <laughs> like <laughs> we've, we've got all kinds of great stuff on them. Has the, in the, in the two years during the pandemic, and Bob, I'll throw this question to you first, have there been some leaps in, in the technology going into the motherboards? And if I've got a PC, you know, I might, you know, you, you give me a hard time because I've got older equipment that I, that I, that I work off of. I stretch my stuff out for 10 or 12 years. If I was thinking post-pandemic here and I, w- maybe want to build a PC of my own, is it a good time to jump in and get that done?
2: Yeah, I think we're, I mean, we're still, uh. The two biggest uh, things that I that I would say, uh, you know, on the Intel side, we have new Z six ninety chipset, and then on the AMD side, we've had X five seventy for a while. Both were even gigantic leaps from the previous generations, um, and I think any base. I mean, the past f- four or five years have been a great time to build a new PC, um, just because of the, you know, so much advancement, every new generation, we're getting so much more, um, you know, on new motherboards, kind of what you're showing here. um, Like you said, they look amazing. Um, But the biggest kind of advancements, you know, uh, not only in computing power from the CPU perspective, but just on the motherboard itself, we're getting, you know, PCI express storage across the board. Like that board you're showing has four PCI express slots on it. Uh, which means you can install four tiny m.2s. you could basically build a computer without even having any you know any 2.5 inch SSDs or big spinners in there. You could do that all on the board itself. Um, and then you know Wi-Fi we're getting Wi-Fi 6e on a lot of these boards, which is incredibly fast. you don't need to plug in anymore even though most of us still plug in. Um, you're getting that on the motherboards too. So there's, there's so many great advancements. The boards look great. They have lights on them. You know, like you said, they look like race cars Um, Mm -hmm. on the back there. We have USB 3.2 gen two x two on the back, which is incredibly fast. That would be about 2000 megabytes per second on an external drive um, or a portable drive. So that's just excellent there as well. Um, By default on this, you're getting 2.5 gig LAN. If you did want to plug in, so, Again, super fast uh, stuff there. So, yeah, I mean.
0: This is crazy. Like, look how many look how many ports are on the back of this thing.
2: Yeah, How many you do know? we count, Ryan? 13? 12? 12? 12, uh, 12. Yeah, it was 13. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 13 on the back of there. And that's the biggest thing is that we have so many gadgets, right? We have our webcam here. We have our microphone, uh, keyboard, mouse, uh, lights, all this kind of stuff. You need all those extra USB connections on the back. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. What's, what's MSRP on, on something like this, Bob?
2: Uh, it all depends. I think this this board this is the uh, Gigabyte Z690 Oris Ultra. I believe it's three twenty nine for that okay. for this board. But I mean, motherboards are like it's just like anything. I mean, you can go from the low end to the suit. You can spend up to close to a thousand dollars on a motherboard too. But that's the crazy insane high end that nobody needs. Um, yeah. yeah. You know. But on like Z690 side, I would say the average is around like three hundred dollars. Um, and then the X570 side, which is the AMD side. It's a little bit less expensive now because it's a little older, but it's still you know right around two. What would you say right, like two hundred bucks uh, for an a- average X five seventy board? For an probably. average, yeah, two fifty maybe. Yep. Yeah, two two fifty. So, well,
0: which, which got- is not that hasn't changed. I mean, over the last ten years, the lower boards were one hundred and fifty. The medium, you know, the middle ones were mm-hmm. three hundred. The high ends were, and I think what the difference is, we not we didn't used to have. Six or seven or eight hundred dollar motherboards right it mm-hmm. kind of it was you know three four f- maybe five for the most expensive those that upper end has kind of come in so maybe you've got more expensive options now where where before I think even on some basic boards you're getting some really good you know for under two hundred you can get a board that's got enough for most for the average guy right yeah oh yeah and gen i just i think
2: storage. the the speeds is the biggest thing you know uh like you said gen 4 storage usb 3.2 wi-fi 6e you're getting all of that uh you know at that price point point. and i on z690 by default the chipset has 2.5 gig land you'll see 2.5 gig land default on most x570 boards too so Lots of, you know, you're just getting, everything is just becoming faster, yeah. uh, which is obviously good for us when it comes to loading times or uh latency as far as, you know, gaming or like what we're doing here, you know, streaming, right. you don't have any right. lag issues. Yeah. When we're getting
1: DDR5, yeah, DDR5 as well, you know, is going to become more and more um, prevalent uh both on the Intel and AMD side. Um
0: Is that not a up. thing yet? Are, are we, you know, we still, it seems like that's been hanging out there for a while. Is that not mainstream or is that mainstream now?
1: It's, not I wouldn't call so it mainstream much. yeah uh, okay Five. availability yeah, so. of the chips and sticks oh. is still i think okay. pretty pretty tough to get intel has some boards out that support it there's nothing from amd yet that uh, supports ddr5 but next generation uh, we'll we'll see that uh, we'll have okay. parity there
0: i guess i saw that in gpus right gdr5's been a gpu mm-hmm. standard for a while and i guess i right. assumed that had made its way into the pc space but maybe we've got some there maybe there's some delay if i'm buying if i'm buying a board so that um a bob that that uh that board we just looked at is that ddr5 or is that ddr Yeah, that's
2: that's ddr5 so intel was the first um the the first chipset which was z690 that's the first one to first mainstream uh you know consumer-based uh product to support ddr5 memory so what they did though because of the scarcity of ddr5 is you'll see a lot of z690 chipset motherboards they'll either be a ddr5 version or a ddr4 version so with that you know with a certain motherboard you might see two different SKUs, uh one that supports ddr4 and one that supports ddr5 because again one it's a lot more expensive and two it's a lot harder to find
0: and DDR4 what's the what's the speed difference between the two i mean is it that much of an advantage to go to DDR5 as opposed to buying a board with DDR4 uh
2: not you so we so i believe i don't know how like the highest rated DDR4 but you can get up there around 4400 megahertz um but DDR5 starts i believe at 4800 you you're going to get up to you know as the technology improves and as the uh platform kind of matures you'll see 56 57 all the way up to 6800 megahertz uh a lot faster okay um now how does that translate into to say getting you know more fps in games we haven't seen a whole lot of testing on it i haven't tested that specifically just yet uh because i I literally just got some DDR 5 not that long ago um but I think it, you have to wait for the the platform to mature a lot okay. um, to see it. Because with with DDR five, the biggest thing is that your timings uh, have gone up significantly. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just just like anything, and you got to take time to you know for it to mature. So
0: so if I was if I was putting a system together myself right now, and maybe I'll ask this question of you, Bob, both you and you too, Ryan. If I'm putting a system together right now. And I want to keep it fairly reasonable. I'm okay staying DDR4. Is the price mm-hmm. point there still pretty reasonable? If I'm gonna stretch it, I could go to DDR five, but that may not give me that much lift. If I'm that's not what I'm looking for. I don't know, Bob. Any any thoughts on that? Would you just say, hey, DDR, DDR4 is okay for now? Build the system with that. That'll get you the next six years, five, six years, maybe. I don't know, Bob. What do you think?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And especially like if you're building like an AMD Ryzen system, it only supports DDR4 anyways. Gotcha. Um, you know, if you're doing Intel, yeah, I mean, depending on the price difference that you'll find, uh, it'd probably be like $100, 150 bucks difference going, you know, looking at a DDR4 kit versus a DDR5 kit. And we always say, Ryan and I always say, you know, that $150 could go towards something, you know, uh, like a, a better, you know, going from a, 3060 to a 3070 or, or going from a 2.5 inch SATA SSD to PCI Express SSD so there's a lot of uh, other things that could be upgraded that would make a much bigger difference I would
0: say Ryan any thoughts
2: nope I agree um,
1: DDR4 there's no, nothing uh, nobody's going to point fingers at you and laugh because you bought DDR4 uh, yeah. in 2022 so even if I
0: bought um, it you guys would be okay with that no, if I, we've oh, been all yeah. Right.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Um, you know, and, and, you know, if you were trying to determine between DDR four and five, right, you, you may be able to get that next up capacity, um, you know, go from a 32 gig kit to a 64, as opposed to only being able to get maybe a 32, um, in the DDR, uh, five realm. So maybe get a little more longevity out of it, or if, uh, you needed that extra memory, um, you could go, go that route.
0: I've been doing a lot of VM stuff in there and it's nice to have you, you know, always want that memory 64 yeah oh <laughs> yeah in, and that is for from a, a value perspective i'd rather go a gen back but get more yep. than be on the cutting edge and have less uh just for me that's just kind of how i think about it ken ken says he picked up a uh, 5700g and the the, the s rock uh b55 uh or uh, 550 which is amd right on that side yes. 64 gig a uh, uh, RAM, um, DDR4, and a Black Friday deal. Any thoughts? Bob? I'll throw this back to you, Bob. Any thoughts on the on the B50? The uh, the
2: B50 B550 Ti G is okay. one of the best uh, B550 boards out there. So definitely uh, awesome pick up on that. And the 5700G uh, has built-in graphics. So if you're not, you know, you don't need a graphics card right away, which is nice. It's one of their APUs uh yeah and 64 gigabytes of 3600 memory a uh, 3600 memory is kind of the sweet spot too Uh when it comes to amd so you you know you it, it's right in that you know performance spot a uh, good performance spot when it comes to amd so that's a sweet little uh deal that he got there especially if it was on black friday i would say yeah, bob Aussies does have a
1: full you have a full review of that motherboard out on the side i do 11 11 pages so yep <laughs> yeah, want want more info about it? You've already got it, but yeah, I yeah. I believe in the that's review great. I did
2: say it was the best B five hundred and fifty board out there currently. So, um,
0: yeah, definitely. No, uh, you there check there you go, you Ken. That's a good yeah. Uh, and and is that is that the is that maybe a sweet spot right now as we think about the on the AMD side of things where that's been out a while, right? I mm-hmm. uh, I should be able that technology. It's not like that stuff is is lightning or, or is, is a bleeding edge technology new. I could probably pick up some good deals if I'm watching for some of the, and maybe even a post CES deal where maybe some new stuff is coming out and they're trying to get rid of the old stuff.
2: Yeah. The next generation of Ryzen processors is expected to come out towards the end of this year. So um, a lot of that stuff will be going, and it has been going down in price anyways. Um, Like when he got a black, I mean, black Friday, there was some amazing, uh, AMD deals and the processors are very well priced. I would say right now too. Um, you know, unless you need the latest of the latest, I think the AMD Ryzen ecosystem is, is great right now.
0: Um, if if I was going to do a budget build, why wouldn't I go that way right now? Right. I mean, is there any disadvantage to me not choosing? I mean, what am I sacrificing by not going Intel at this point? Right. I mean, it's, it would, it'd be a pretty safe build, right?
2: Yeah. I think it, as far as processors, they're very close together, right? Um, the only thing that you would be missing, say if you went if you went with X five seventy or B five fifty on the AMD side versus Intel right now is you obviously no DDR5 support, no PCI Express 5.0 support, uh, which that is not gonna make a difference uh, really right now. Um and that's that's basically it the, just the X570 and B550 boards are a little bit older um but the you know that's that's basically it yeah
0: yeah good nice price point anyway so at this point yeah. I'd be able to get in and and get it done i wouldn't say budget cuz that's they're still going to be pretty expensive yeah. uh depending on what you buy but maybe not a bad for, like for me and for what i do mm mm-hmm kind of basic computing. I do, I run a lot of VMs. I may be doing some crypto, but different than I'm not burning crypto with, with, you know, I'm, I'm doing it off hard drives as opposed to burning them off GPUs. So in this case, I just really kind of need basic processing power. I don't need the fastest stuff in the world, mm-hmm. but I do need it when I want it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not doing it right. Like, Hey, I want to call on that thing. I do want it to go pretty fast when I, when I need it, but I don't yeah. need it all the time.
2: Yeah, I think like uh, the like a Ryzen like a Ryzen five series processor is great. Uh, was it the 5600X? The 5600X, yeah. That's what yeah, say. <laughs> very well priced with B550 motherboard. Um, and yeah, you'll you'll definitely
0: be set. Yeah, I think that'd be a good it'd be a good replacement. I you know the the boards I'm using now again you know they're you know they're coming up on six seven years. I've gotten a lot of run out of them. They do what I need to do now, but I am kind of thinking through like. Okay, what's the next one that I need to build? And I always mm-hmm. I kind of take that philosophy of I'm probably buying last year's technology where it's still okay, but it's I'm not paying for the bleeding edge. Correct you know, yeah. of, of that. Would you on the on the AMD side, so Ryzen five, would you does that equate to a, a like a core i five or mm-hmm. is, is that why it's done that way? Yeah. <laughs> is that AMD yeah. doing that kind of on purpose? Is that the way it works? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's basic that's basically why they did that. Kay. Yeah.
0: So if I, if I wanted to go that route, you yeah, have to start, I have to maybe start pricing that out and just start, start thinking through like waiting for those, maybe some of those deals to come out this spring, watching for a certain set of boards yeah. and maybe a chip at a good price, pick up 64 gig of RAM like Ken did. I mean, Ken, it sounds like you got a pretty good deal. Maybe I should check in with you, Ken, and see, uh, see where you got that um, and, and kind of get that done. Any, el- any other thoughts as we think about motherboards. You guys do these a lot. And I, I'm always envious of, of what you get to do here. But any other thoughts as you think about folks maybe doing thinking about doing some system builds or any other thoughts on motherboards?
2: Right. You can take that one if you want.
0: Um
1: oh let me think here. Not in particular. Like Bob yeah. said, you know, most most boards are going to have at least one to two of the M.2 slots that support the fourth gen of PCIe, you know NVMe storage. And that's a big so that's deal like, now,
0: right? I mean that it is that's, it's, that's it's,
1: a it's it's common, which is is okay. is, is good. Um, so you know, you don't have to worry about getting a board that doesn't support it. At one point, we were at that point where it was, oh, you, this actually only supports SATA draft in an M.2 factor, right? And so folks would going that route and not getting the performance they thought they were going to get. Um, so just making sure, um, that you, you, you get the best, um, storage for your board. Um, I mean, boards are so nice. Like I, you kind of mentioned that even the lower end boards have so many of the great features, you know, the great wireless, the fast USB. A lot of the times the, the main differences are how is that cooling on the power processing for the CPU and uh, some of those additional lighting features, things like that, where, you know, if you're not overclocking the CPU and don't need that extra headroom, those lower end boards uh, can really be an awesome, uh, not necessarily budget board. Mm-hmm. But affordable option if you don't need that that higher end um, feature set.
0: It seemed like the Gen four storage last fall or maybe even last summer was still kind of questionable. I think I was remember asking you guys some questions around that, and it's like, well, kind of. It sounds like today that's pretty locked in. Like if you're gonna you're gonna do something, you want to make sure you've got that Gen four storage available to you because it's just going to be so much faster. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you yep, agree definitely. With that? Going forward, so um, and then Bob, you, you mentioned this just a second ago, and I haven't really even thought about this. We're to a point where you don't need an additional drive of like yeah. you can put enough onboard storage on there that in and from a from a hard drive standpoint, or from a from a you know NVMe or you know stick storage, as I like to call it, it's cheap. Yeah. or it's cheapish, right? I mean, that storage is still even with everything getting out of control. We're still seeing one terabyte for like ninety bucks two yeah. terabytes for under two hundred, right? I mean, that's pretty reasonable, right?
2: yeah, I, I think that's probably the biggest change in the past five years or something like that would be you know getting that storage that's so fast that that's one of the biggest things that increases your you know your startup time when you you know hit that power button on your computer um, you know, or loading. A game, or loading an application, or any of that stuff. It's just it's so instant now, and I think for people who need a ton of storage, you can get that external drive. Um, That's what I would recommend to a lot of people who don't want to have the spinning drives in their you know in their system. Just get a big like ten terabyte external USB drive. That's I have a twenty terabyte one up here. It's just you know Mm -hmm. that's what I that's for all my cold storage that that I rarely, you know, access. It's Life. just, you know, old stuff right.
0: on there. So, well, with 2.5 land coming out, like in, you know, we, we may be to this point where again, if you need any extra storage, it's really just going to the NAS, whatever, yeah. you, right. Whatever you've done there and just leave that there. And then you've got, you know, maybe, maybe a, a two, a one terabyte stick for your OS and a couple, two terabyte sticks for whatever you want to keep local. I, at yeah. this point maybe even just one two terabyte stick for you know you, you and we
2: like, we have cloud storage too which is yeah. uh, you yeah. know affordable and you can access it anywhere too so it's like if you have all these you know old photos or i mean most of my old storage is like photos from my old phones or whatever um you know just throw it up on cloud storage and just kind of be done with it
0: yeah yeah, yeah. no no right on um, you guys also do a lot of case reviews, and we've talked about that in the past while you've been on here. Bob, I'll, I'll throw it over to you. When we think about cases today versus cases in the past, whatever that is, are we seeing any, are you seeing any changes to them? Are they getting, or what are they adding to them? Or are they just getting, you know, better colors, more RGB lighting and holes all over the place? But think from a case perspective, what's changed on cases or has it?
2: I think the biggest thing is that we've seen is proper airflow. Um, you know, the way the cases are designed, they're even in a, a case I reviewed lately, even the mesh that goes in the front of the case has been completely redesigned uh, for better airflow. Um, it's not just some typical mesh that you would see in, you know, in a normal case. It's been completely designed for better airflow. Um, you know, you see... You see better, better performing fans that are made specifically for cases too, um, that are not just like an industrial fan that we saw, you know, years ago on cases, they would just throw these loud industrial fans that didn't push a whole lot of air either or correctly. Um, you see, you know, um, just like that case, um, that big open front there that this all ventilation on the front. So proper airflow into the case, which is really good. Um, I think that's the biggest change we've seen probably over the past, like five or six years is proper airflow. Uh, we kind of a couple of years ago, we kind of got out of that with all the glass and lights and all that kind of stuff. But I think, um, especially with, you know, um, h- super high end graphics cards, like an RTX 3090, um, you need good, proper cooling. And um, these, you know, all these newer cases, especially from uh, this company is called fractal design. Um, they make good, proper, cases with proper cooling mm-hmm. um, you know, to keep those comp- components nice and cool because even almost every 30, 90 uh, if you're pushing it, 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 it gets really hot uh, no matter what, you know, unless you're water cooling it um, all of the cooling systems from even from aftermarket, uh, Card makers are still not that great, and it sounds like the card's going to take off into space because the it's, it's, it's fans <laughs> are spinning so fast. So having good having good airflow throughout your case is is one of the most important things. Um, so that's that's kind of the big change that I've seen.
0: Well, obviously, there's still mar- a market for this, and you you would it's I think it's one of those quiet markets where you don't. I mean, it definitely cases definitely don't hit mainstream conversation, you know, you're not, mm-hmm. it's not office water cooler conversation, like, mm-hmm. hey, I got this new case, right, kind of thing. Yeah. But the the innovation that's happening with cases, I mean, this is something I, you know, I see as I, as I go out and look at what's up there, or what's out there, seems like they're continuing to innovate. So there must be enough people buying these for that to make sense. But it does seem I like think, it's a pretty small market.
2: Yeah, I think the big thing is a lot, a lot more people are building their own PCs. We saw that with Obviously, with the pandemic, instead of, you know, getting, you know, a lot of people got allotted a certain amount of money to either buy a laptop and they wanted Mm -hmm. to build their own PC. And I think the big thing you see, too, is that all of these companies um, in the, you know, DIY PC, they they make it easy to build your own PC, too, where if I think about a case from five to six years ago, um, you know, That like here you can see uh, towards the top there's like a thumb screw that you can just like use with your thumb instead of a full screwdriver to take it out. Um, You can see vibration dampening on the hard drive cage there. Like you didn't have that stuff, and everything is made to make it easier to install um, something in there. All the routing holes you have for all your cables, that stuff never used to be there before. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this one comes with its own, just like that that's like their side panel. You can take it off with one finger. There's no extra screws on it. Like it's, it's very simple and easy to do. Mm. Um, yeah. All, like I said, the, the innovation really, it, it, it comes down to, I think just better airflow and then making it easier for the user to install the components.
0: Mm-hmm. And, but, but I mean, it must be happening. Like the market, if this wasn't happening, the market, they, they wouldn't be doing this, right? It just wouldn't yeah. even be there. And yet the case market, Has it gotten, you guys review a lot of cases, are we seeing more manufacturers, less manufacturers, or kind of the same amount in the space there? Has it consolidated down a little bit, or is it still, you know, we've got five or six or ten manufacturers out there making these things?
1: Yeah, I'd say you have probably like, you know, six to eight core manufacturers of cases that we've had for the long run. And then, you know, you've got a couple outliers here and there that are smaller. They either uh, mark each group of folks, you know, either that small form factor group that um, is it Jay that comes on the show every now and then. And he's mm-hmm. always doing those really compact builds. Right. So there's that group yeah. of people that want the most power they can get in the smallest form factor. So there's, there's those more boutique uh, shops there. And then you've got your your high end builds uh, that, you know, all aluminum and maybe some more glass to them and just higher end features that you're not going to get on your, your standard, you know, six to eight major case manufacturers. But a lot of those big players have made large advances, like Bob said, in making building easier, um, routing cables, more logically doing things to make the, the build cleaner and just more, more efficient, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of tag onto that whole glass thing. You know, we all kind of got caught by the, the tempered glass bug and, uh, and, Me, especially, I loved, you know, a tempered glass on all the sides and it looks great, but man, does it kill airflow? And we've kind of, you know, we're making that turn uh, in the right direction to get better airflow. The case you had up there, you know, that fractal case has the huge either 180 or 200 millimeter fans in the front. And the back of it is pretty much transparent because it's all just perforated to let air flow out the back. Um, That, that, that case is, is, is really awesome. Um, Yeah
0: and not is this is this like 100 and 150 170 something like that it,
2: if you scroll down it's it's in the review i think it's 150 149 yeah
0: 149 for the normal yeah. you said for the normal versions and 169.99 for the version with the two with ARGB two rgb fans yeah. yeah yeah um you give it a 9 out of 10 so that's a that's i mean a case again i mean we were buying cases 10 15 years ago and They were a hundred bucks for the good ones, right? Yeah. And to go 10 years, and there's still a hundred, you know, it's 150. And you kind of go, actually, with inflation, these cases may be cheaper than they were 10 or 12 years ago. I think and they're there, way better.
2: There's a lot of competition, too. I mean, like Ryan said, there are some major players, but I mean, you there are companies that just have that case that everybody wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just a lot of competition on price, uh, you know, and then, then there's some companies that just have just like your ordinary everyday case. And a lot of times those are like 70 to 80 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, that don't really offer a ton of features.
0: The, the, I got the cooler master land case, you know, the big square mm-hmm. one that was super popular. And I, and like, I love that thing. It's big open, got a lot of rooms, got a lot of airflow. You can do a lot of things with it. Even today, if I put a new board in there and I wanted to get a, a, you know, a pretty tall cooler on it, or if I wanted to water cool that or, or, you know, do some active cooling on it, it would fit in there and do just fine. That's a great, Mm -hmm. you got room for hard drives. In fact, I had that case for about six years before I realized on the side, there's a, there's a space for more hard drives in there (laughs) that I, I had never seen before. I'm like, this is a great case. That being said, there are some great cases that are coming out that are just, they look great. And I, I think what I hear you saying, they function better than they used to maybe as well, right? Keeping things cool. Any other thoughts on cases, guys? Anything I, uh, that, that you're seeing in the industry, Bob, anything you're seeing in the industry, Ryan, that, that, that is something we should watch for? Anything new out there?
2: Um, not so much new. Um, yeah. We are seeing, uh, just like we talked about with motherboards, with connectivity, uh, you're seeing a lot more, uh, you know, your your front ports on your case or your top ports. We're seeing USB 3.2 Gen 2x2 uh, on the front, which is, which is very new. Uh, that's a Type-C port and Type-C as well. So instead of getting the USB-A ports, you're getting a Type-C port now. Uh, which is, which is definitely a plus if you do any type of, I do, I have a ton of portable hard drives. So I just love having the fast storage, you know, right there. Um, besides that, no, I mean, I think, go ahead, Ryan, I'd say like, and this is just one brand to pick
1: out, but like Corsair with their integrated controllers on, on their cases, they have their, um, cases that come with a a fan controller and a lighting controller that puts you right into that Corsair ecosystem with their IQ software. So that's kind of one way they, you know, they get you on the case or maybe the cooler and Hey, you buy this pair of things and guess what? You can control them all from one, one panel uh, in windows. And uh, that, that makes things really nice. And they're, they're not the only one that, you know, provides these integrated controllers, but I think they're probably the best, at it right now, um, and their ecosystem is the most robust. So, you know, you dedicate yourself to one of those ecosystems and you can really do some awesome customization and synchronization of all those components uh, right there.
0: Yeah, Joe says, uh, remember back in the day when we crammed all those Pentium 4s into a crappy case <laughs> with one or two 80mm exhaust fans and they were hotter than the surface of the sun? And that's all true. I mean, those boxes... Oh, yeah. And those
2: eighty millimeter fans sounded like they were
1: like shooting off into space too. Yeah, you were <laughs> you were lucky if you got a ninety-two millimeter in a case. And you're yeah. like, oh, this, this is really high-end.
0: Yeah. Well, and those those oh, early Pentiums, right, Bob says so, remember those first pentiums were not cooled properly. They burned holes in the motherboards, or you take the case, you take the stock fan off, and there'd be a brown like there would be a brown mark on the top of the the yeah. the chip itself where it burned. You know, yeah. like, oh man, that thing got hot in there, right? Yeah. Uh in those in those early days. Yeah, we've come a long way from those early, um, you know, from those early cases. And yet I've got a i have got I mean, I've got a couple older cases that I've retroed bought. Um, Ryan, you helped me get some new fans uh for some of my older cases that are fantastic, right? They improve the the airflow in them—they're super quiet. I think like, you
1: with the Noctua's was it or B, it was either that or yeah. be quiet. No, it was
0: the Noctua's that okay. I went with, and they're great. I mean, they're just great oh, fans. Yeah. So you can, even if you've got an older box that you might really like, and I've got a couple of those I really like. You can go in and retro those, retrofit them with some pretty good cooling to kind of help uh do that in that space. There's a lot of there's a lot of great help for that, and I think there's a lot of great. Profiles in that space that are coming out to help with that, right? And so yeah. you don't, although, as I'm, I, I tell you now, every time I have you guys on, I start thinking like, Oh, I need to build a new <laughs> computer. <laughs> oh, super good. You've I've, I've caught the bug, for sure. Um, I mentioned to this, uh both Bob and Ryan, I mentioned this to you guys early on, and we're not going to dive deep into this topic, but I got to talk about it from an Apple perspective, right? Because, Back early in the year, I guess this is last year now. So I've had my Mac Mini M1. I got bit by the M1 bug. I, I, that's the first real processor that I've like, I gotta have this thing. Like, I gotta mm-hmm. see how this thing works, right? So bought that pretty quickly after it came out with it. You know, I'm, I'm probably a thousand bucks into that thing, right? Well, with the announcement of the Ultra, which is basically, we won't get into the technical details of it, but it's basically just two M1s kind of. You know, put together to and optimize to work uh, really well. I was looking at that new box that the Ultra box, and it's like it's like two thousand bucks. And all of a sudden, you kind of go, "Well, I bought an M1 for a thousand. I could get two of them for two thousand. They'll probably give me some trade in on that. Why wouldn't I go with an Ultra, right?" You know at this point I know do you guys have you have you from that I, I listen I know you're heavy on the on the Windows side or on the on the PC side of things but has, has that has that is that enticing at all to you guys to think about I mean Mac is really doing or Apple is really doing some things with their processors
2: I think well we we talked about it uh, a bunch I mean I think that the m1 was a great a great leap for them not only in terms of processing power but to get out of the intel ecosystem I and mean, when you're designing hardware and you have full ac- access to the hardware it allows you to optimize things the kind of the way that you want to um and i think for apple the m1 has been amazing and i think this the the ultra now um a lot of people who are in the ac- apple ecosystem they want a desktop pc but they don't want to pay like $20,000 for the the Mac Pro. That's just super, super, most people don't need that. Um, and the m one's powerful enough uh, to, to do a lot of the, you know, a lot of Apple people are very video editing type, you know, designer type people. Um, but they want something that's a little bit better than like the laptop. So they have this ultra now, which I think is a very good price range for what it is uh for the for the apple crowd and it's i don't i haven't looked at i, I know what they said about performance but it seems like it's going to be great for performance it's going to be what a lot of the people again who don't have twenty twenty five thousand dollars for yeah, a mac right, pro right, they're gonna right. they're gonna go to this thing and it's gonna it's gonna be like the pc they have for five or six years i'd say right right yep kind of like um, a pc type of uh you know yeah
0: Yeah, well, I I certainly, I mean, when I bought the M1, I was kind of thinking, I'll I'll probably get, I mean, two or three years out of this, fully intending to trade it in on something else. Let's just be really clear about that. Gen (laughs) 1, like, okay, this isn't probably one I'm going to hold on to forever. Now, I know that sounds weird to you guys because, you know, I hold on to everything forever, but this was one I intended to think, okay, I'm now in the Apple ecosystem. They give some pretty good trade-in cost, you know, trade-in value when you go to bring their stuff in. It's one I'm going to, I'm going to seriously look at, Um, you know, that I took the no interest payments on the, uh, on the, on the mini. Why wouldn't I? It was free money, right? You stretch that thing out, so it's paid for. And all of a sudden you're like, well, maybe this is the move to the Tesla. You know, I'm (laughs) going from the M1 to the Tesla and getting the Ultra a step up uh you know I'll probably be able to get that thing for around 1500 bucks do the same kind of deal put that on payments and run that out for a year uh on their money you know and then they've said and i saw this i was reading up on this on uh, on your site um and i forget who wrote this uh who wrote this article but he said that uh the the ultra will not need any new like you won't have they won't have to optimize your software cuz it'll see it as a single processor on it and so Again, that's that's kind of cool for me because I'm like, okay, I'm not waiting. I've been waiting for Mac to kind of optimize every month something new comes out. Okay, I'll optimize for the M1. That'll work day one. So, yeah. all of a sudden, I'm kind of thinking like, well, maybe it's time, you know, daddy needs new shoes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's exciting and I think again for For people in the Apple ecosystem, the past couple of years have been pretty awesome as far as performance wise. Um, It always felt like, you know, they were just a little bit behind the ball as far as performance. And then their optimization was really based on Intel because that's what they were running before. And now they have control over all of that, uh, which is a good thing. So.
0: Uh, Brian in the chat room says, Um, he says, I was a little surprised they put the M1 on the iPad Air, I understand, uh, for the iPad Pro, but to put the t- computer chip on the Air was a bit surprising. And, you know, I think they're trying to get that everywhere, right? Just make yeah. that the standard. That's their silicon. That's their, um, you know, that's their, yeah, this, that's their flagship, right? I think that's what they're leading out with. And I think as we see with the Pro and now the Ultra, They're going to double down on this. And have I seen like an M2, some discussions? Have you guys, is there? Yeah, we've seen some rumors about about, uh, that. What what do you know about that, Bob? What have you, what have you. Obviously,
2: obviously better performance. Uh, There are some rumors about, you know, more cores, even a, a, I guess they would say a desktop chip. uh, That would be like a more like what you would see from Intel and AMD as far as like, you know, like a 16 core chip, but that's just rumors. Um, obviously I think e or Apple designs for mobile first mm-hmm. um, for, for laptops. Cause that's, that's their, you know, what they sell most of. So uh, I think when we see an M two, it's going to be uh, obviously designed for mobile first. And then you'll see just like we saw with, with this announcement, you know, something more for the mid range
0: desktop. Ryan, any thoughts?
1: Uh, it makes me, I always go back to, do I need an iPad?
0: Do I need an <laughs> iPad? And now that I've got,
1: you know, like um, Brian yeah. said, you know, that, that chip's now there um, and I don't need the pro. So it may make sense for me to grab one now. Uh, uh, Bob that, that's says about maybe far. they
0: over, maybe they overbought the M one or overproduced <laughs> in this case. And now they're shifting to the next gen. Um, yeah. I, I do, I mean, certainly having that, creating the, their own, their own CPU, being able to write the software for that, I mean, that puts them in a perfect position to be able to do it. And I have been more than happy with my M1. Like it is, you know, I, I ran a Core i7 for a lot of years and it was a great PC, super stable, you know, 4700 chip, the workhorse of that generation. I think it's a third or fourth generation, so it's pretty old today, it still does a great job for me on, with VMs and just kind of stuff that I don't need super powerful stuff for, but it's still a workhorse. Like, if you were to ask me, I mean, that's, that's some of the best money I ever spent was on that chip. And it's lasted me a decade at this Mm -hmm. point. And I'm still running it hard. (laughs) Like I run that thing hard every single day on a stock cooler and it does great. Right. So, um, the M1 has been equally, for me, it's been that equal workhorse, right? I run a lot of video out of it. I run a lot of audio out of it. Um, It it continues to get optimized. But this, now this new Ultra has got me thinking, like, you know, maybe now I get in this, this um, hamster wheel of constantly, instead of buying and holding, where I buy and upgrade, buy and upgrade, buy and upgrade some point to where that, that matures out. And then the newer stuff, because you're getting two. This is definitely 2M1s. It's not mm-hmm. just one, it's two. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it seems like it would be it'd be pretty cool to go with. So I'm going to have to take a look at the math on that one. That's one of those where I'm it's out now, so I can Yeah. You know, I think the 18th, today's March 10th and I don't think it releases till the 18th. If Weeger was here, he would definitely <laughs> have me talked into this. Oh yeah yeah
2: i think a lot of people try to pre-order and then they got pushed back to i forget when their dates got pushed back but um
0: you know you might be able to walk in a a store and get
2: one but yeah
0: and i'm not in a hurry i don't have to have it but yeah it would make sense from a you know from a um just kind of a workflow in that ecosystem standpoint i guess i need to see that m1 should still get me quite a bit on a trade-in i would think and then compare that to the two, look at it at the payments with the free money and just kind of go, Okay, let's, let's do this thing. That was such a great experience with the M1. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, Why wouldn't I do that again? And, and just kind of see how it goes. So uh, maybe, you know, maybe I don't have a new, you know, I don't have a new Intel uh, or even an AMD chip in, in my future, but maybe I've got that, uh, that M1 Ultra looking uh,
1: towards a hardware as a service type of uh, purchasing model, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: kind of. Well, <laughs> I mean,
1: some and they they keep giving you kind of taking right.
0: phone approach to it, Ryan. Yeah. In some sense, Absolutely. right? You know, I've I I just bought the M1 a year ago. I mean, mm-hmm. so you know, never know. Gents, thanks for thanks for jumping it's always great to spend time with you guys i always spend money when i'm done (laughs) with you which is uh which is super great bob what's coming up is uh when you think about some of the reviews that you're doing yeah what's coming up at thinkcomputers.org for you and 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 what do you have coming out or what are you going to be
2: reviewing um a lot of uh new intel stuff so we have a bunch of uh z690 motherboards ddr5 like ryan said we just got a couple new kits in of that so kind of really excited to dive into all of that motherboards are like probably my favorite thing to review so i have a lot of that stuff coming up um those are that's kind of like the main things we have you know new keyboards mice all that you know a mm-hmm. couple some storage things but a lot of uh, a lot of motherboards for me which i'm pretty excited for
0: keyboards have gotten fancy like yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. they went from industrial to super cool, crazy stuff, right? I yeah. was looking at the keyboards of uh, some of the stuff you've re- you've reviewed lately, and was like, yeah. "Wow, this is—I mean, RGB into the keyboard for sure." Yeah. Right?
2: Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. If you want to, if you're a keyboard, if it's important to you. You know, it, no, no surprise here. I'm still using an Apple <laughs> keyboard that's probably 20 years old. <laughs> so, yeah. What do you What are you showing there, yeah. Bob?
2: This is the iQNX. What is this? The uh, the i80 G7? Explorer. 80, no, yeah. it's the i80 Explorer. It's all. It's designed to be like kind of futuristic, RGB backlit mechanical keys. It's it's probably one of my favorite keyboards. Um, nice.
0: Yeah. The mechanical or yeah, oh or...
2: yeah, mechanical okay. key switches, yeah. and you can swap out the switches too. So if I, you know, want to get a different type of switch that feels different, sounds different, I can actually take the physical switches out of this and get a whole new set of switches for this. That seems like cool. a lot of work. Oh yeah, it's a lot. Of, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a lot of work.
0: <laughs> that just yeah. seems like a lot of work. Like that's yeah, an afternoon yeah. for me. I might yeah. need a nap in the middle. Of that. <laughs> like I'll get through twenty six of them and then I need that's a nap. Funny. Yeah. So Ryan, anything you're, you got on your, on your plate coming up?
1: Um, I kind of cover, you know, not random items, but I've got a, a, a mechanical keyboard in from cherry, you know, they make, they're probably the most popular switch manufacturer. They also make full keyboards, So I have a low profile mechanical keyboard from them. I'm reviewing right now. Um, I have an external sound card from sound blaster, uh, an all in one liquid cooler from cooler master, and then a full, um, chair from cooler master as well that I'm taking a look at. So just a couple of random items
0: Sweet. in the pipeline yeah. there some great stuff i think what you guys review is really just perfect for the listeners of home gadget geek so if you yeah. if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed uh, to your to, to what you guys do on a podcast head out what's the easiest way what, what just go to thinkcomputers.org and they can subscribe Yeah everything
2: out. everything's there we have links for a podcast youtube yeah. um RSS feed all that kind of stuff so yeah
0: it's it's super great i it always seems like i've got an evening podcast for work or something else when you guys are podcasting i try and jump in when i can uh, and it's always great great to catch up with you guys but i think from an audience perspective if you're listening to the show you're going to if you haven't added it to your podcast player you should, probably should cuz it's it's a, like if you've liked tonight you're going to like what bob and ryan do on a weekly basis so you know make sure you get subscribed um, to that as well. Gentlemen, thanks for coming out. Hang tight. Can you guys stay around for a few minutes yeah. uh, afterwards? Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll do, do a little post-show. If we didn't, uh, live chat room, if we didn't get to your questions, um, we had a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll have you repost them in the, in the uh, the post-show. A couple reminders on our way out. One, we are live here every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. If you want to join us, uh, just about every week we're doing it. I'm taking a few more weeks off these days, but Uh, Just about every Thursday, we'd love to have you come out and do it. Um, Big thanks to Mike Wieger as well. He's out for the week. And, uh, and so we'll have him back um, um, next week. So if you're missing him, he'll be here. Big thanks to Christian Johnson over there at uh, Maple Grove Partners. Secure, reliable, high-speed hosting. From people that you know and you trust, if you're starting a website or you need to do something along those lines, Christian can take care of you. MapleGrovePartners.com will get you there. Um, We'll get you there as well. Plan, start as little as $10. And then, Mm -hmm uh take it to our discord group if you go to the averageguy.tv slash discord uh, a great way lots of conversation i know you guys have a really active discord group as well right is there Mm an easy way to get to that group if folks wanted to join Uh, you guys on Discord? i
2: believe it's just thinkcomputers.org backslash discord i should get you in there Yeah,
0: yeah great so if you if you haven't jumped into the discord groups i know your group is great i'm in it i stock uh, you guys there uh just seeing what's I, I can't even like some of the things you guys talk about i'm not, I'm not even in the same i'm not even in the same category <laughs> like i like, but if you want to get uh really technical in there or conversations about the reviews for you guys that'd be a great way to jump in and get active in that group here um pretty quick we are live like i said every thursday 8 p.m central 9 eastern out here at the average TV live thanks for coming out for those listening live tonight Tony, thanks for tweeting. You're always good for a tweet or two while we're doing the live show. We'll be back next week. We'll say goodbye.